Hello fitness friends, welcome to the Maximum Effort Fitness Podcast, hosted by me, Jordan Fleming. Um, coming at you live from my spare room, which I've still not moved flat, so... But the lighting looks better and I've got a haircut, so I look slightly more human. Today's episode is sponsored by copious amounts of coffee and the lack of a will to live. That's terrible, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Today we're going to discuss something very, very fun. How can women see results in and out of the gym, both physically and mentally? So, today we're going to go through a lot. I'm going to go through what I have found as a coach to predominantly women, uh, as a young man growing up with a female dominant household. I'm going to discuss what I kind of have grown up with, what I've perceived and understood and just from learning from my clients their struggles. We are going to chat a little bit about what the main issues are with women in the gym. Firstly, they shouldn't be allowed in, it's a man. (laughs) I can't even finish the sentence. Firstly, we're going to discuss the issues that arise when females attempt to train through marketing, um, through the media, through influencers, through shit coaches. We're going to discuss some of the kind of myths that are paraded as fact. We're going to discuss some of the true facts and then we're going to lay out a plan for you to take away today so that you can go become strong, jacked, look good naked, feel sexy as fuck. Right, so we're just going to start this off with kind of the perception of the gym and specifically the free weights area in the gym from a female's perspective. Now, of course, I must caveat this and say that this is not all women, just like not all men are creepy bastards, but a fair majority of them are. But most women view the gym as the boys' area, or more specifically, they view the free weights as the boys' area. And that's what we're aiming to change. We don't want that. I hate that. I love it when I see my clients and other women in the gym just kicking ass. It's fucking great. Uh, but yeah, that's how most women see it. There's a stigma around lifting weights that it will make you bulky. Believe me, I've been trying for about five years to get bulky and it's not going very well. It's difficult, it's time consuming, it's tough and it won't make you bulky. The media, marketing, shakes, toning, um, fat loss, booty building in 12 weeks, everything except what actually works which is dedication over time, fundamentals done very well. And most importantly, enjoyment of what you're doing. Now, the real facts, what we know for a fact is true, is that strength training can be one of the greatest things anyone, and I mean this by anyone can do this, like whether you are male, female, otherwise inclined, a cat, a dog, a child, I don't know what other things could get used to, get used out of the gym. Um, aliens from another planet if the first thing if I was the first contact for aliens from another planet I would definitely take them to the gym actually that's a lie I would show them Batman comics so that they would think that that's like the pinnacle of our species that they would fuck off but (laughs) 
Um, strength training can be one of the best things that women can do, especially in the gym. Purely because, one, it develops confidence. Having the confidence to walk into an area you understand how to work, how to train, and how to train well can further develop your confidence in other areas. I've had a couple of clients who have taken the kind of techniques and the lessons learned from the weight room and applied them to like a corporate setting, which has been really interesting to hear the psychology of it. It's very interesting. Um, health, especially for females, of course. Of course, lifting weights and getting stronger is better in general for your health, but specifically we're looking at bone-related issues that happen to affect women as they get older, slightly more than men. So we're thinking, you know, like osteoporosis, we're thinking that strength training is something that will stave off bone degradation, it helps improve their pelvic floor health, which is incredibly important if you are a female who wants to give birth or has given birth and you want to strengthen those muscles again after or beforehand. Uh, one of the PTs I work with, Iona, had a couple of clients who were pregnant and now have given birth and she coached them all the way up till they took time off their pregnancy and then afterwards and I just noticed there was a, a really great transition from the kind of preparation for the birth of the baby to the birth and then the mother coming back to the gym. It's just, it was wonderful to see. And then a relationship with food. Now, of course, if you have a specific psychological condition that requires professional help out with the scope of practice of a PT, then you need to deal with that. And we're not qualified to do that. But... I have had clients who have had disordered eating and eating disorders, which are two different things, by the way, and they've used the gym and they've used some of the kind of the mental techniques that we've talked about in our sessions and our check-ins, applied it to what they've been doing on their psychological work as well to help support that, and they said they saw a massive difference, especially from realising that, you know, food is fuel. It's, it's energy for the body, for workouts, for the brain. And it's just a wonderful thing to see. Now, on to the real chat. What should women consider to start their physical training journey? Firstly, get a gym membership. You don't even have to get a gym membership, but it probably helps. You probably want to start with basic movement patterns. Now, what do we mean by basic movement patterns? Well, we mean a squat which is where you sit your bum down and you have lots of knee bend. We mean a hip hinge. So a hinge is where you have minimal knee bend and you push your bum back with a flat back. A press and a pull, so both vertical and horizontal. So vertical press is like a shoulder press. Um, a vertical pull is like a lat pull down. A horizontal press is a push up. A horizontal pull is like a dumbbell or barbell bent over row where you hinge, you row, I think lunges as well, single leg work, super important. And then of course, the ability to generate tension in the core, but that kind of comes from learning these other skills. But they're your kind of basic movement patterns. So when I program things for my clients, when I'm training them, what I'm trying to teach them about is not just movements or not specific exercises, at least like, oh, you got to do the back squat. I used to be quite dogmatic about this and I used to think that you did have to do the back squat. If you didn't do the back squat, you weren't going to get strong, big legs. And that's just not true. Some people just aren't built to back squat. So having a toolbox of exercises has been incredibly helpful for those clients. 
So yeah, beginning the to learn the basic movement patterns with body weight and then with light weight so you can focus on technique, technique, technique. Of course, I'm a proponent of women learning to shift heavy fucking tin, but they need to do it in a way that encourages health and optimal movement patterns. So once you understand each movement, like I said, do things that you enjoy. Don't do things because influencer number fucking 7503 said, oh, you got to do this exercise to grow your glutes. It's like, no, you don't. There's a million fucking different variations of hip hinges and hip thrusts that you can do and you do the one that, one, you can do most consistently and two, that you enjoy. Same with squats. You don't need squats. Maybe your ankles move like crap like mine and you've got the longest fucking femurs in the world like mine and you just don't want to learn how to squat. The only reason I squat now is because I spent so bloody long learning how to do it that I feel obliged to do it. That's not actually true. I think it's a really good movement and I enjoy being strong at it or learning how to be strong at it anyway. But you don't need to do that. Like you've got leg press, split squats, leg extensions, lunges, uh, a million different variations you can do. So main takeaway from this is when you enjoy something, do it, do it well. Always focus on improving it, always focus on making it harder when necessary. There's no need to add in a Bosu ball to a reverse lunge when you can barely stand on one foot. It's just dumb. I'm going to take a coffee sip here. What should women do to begin developing confidence in the gym is the next one. Now, I would suggest this, and that's going to be, I guess, somewhat contradictory because I shit on them all the time, but I would go to classes. And the reason I say you should go to classes is because I think it's good to be supervised by someone who teaches it well. Now, a good class is surprisingly very hard to find. You can find a class that will make you sweat, will make you realise how much you can't count your rhythms, but you find very few classes, in commercial gyms anyway, that focus on technique. Now, is that to say that all of them will not focus on technique? No. But unfortunately, the capacity for someone to teach you how to move well in a 30-minute time window when you need to set up, clean up, learn the movements, do the movements, feel that you've got a good workout, is very limited. So I think classes are a good place to start off, but they're not the best to stick with it. And you always need to check yourself against some standards and that is I guess down to your own searching for people who you think look like they have very valid technique and they explain things like me I'll never just tell you to do something I'll always explain why then once you've done that and you have the basics of technique I would start with what's traditionally called the cardio area of the gym that's usually the upstairs portion or the smaller portion of the gym that has, you know, cross trainers, rowers, what, treadmills, bikes, spin bikes, and then a small matted area with some dumbbells and kettlebells, usually up to 20 kilos. So you can go pretty heavy on them. And then practice getting good at the movements with weight in your hands. Because once you do that and you're like, right, okay, I know how to set up a split squat, so I'm not going to fall on my arse. I feel confident with this. 
then you can start to branch out. And once you've got confident in the cardio areas, we're gonna call it, I would then move back onto the studio. Now, most gyms do have a studio space and that studio space will often have pump bars in it with weights that you can pop on. Now, those weights go up to about 50 kilos. I think if I recall correctly, you can get about five, five plates on either side. Now, are you going to be able to get that over your back? Probably not, but there's a lot of different movements you can do with a bar in your hands or with a weight you can get onto your back in rep ranges that you can really see some really good growth. The kind of things that come to mind would be Romanian deadlifts, sumo deadlifts, RDLs, sorry, I just said that, <laughs> RDLs, sumo deadlifts, a split squat because it's single leg, hip thrusts, overhead press, bench press, bent over rows. You could do some core work with it as well. You can do a lot in the studio space, but what you're probably lacking when you do that is the correct intensity. You do have to be training close to failure, which we'll circle back round to in a minute. Now, once you've got the studio kind of up and running and you're doing a lot of confident moving there and you've checked your technique, you've videoed it, you've looked on YouTube and you've found someone like Hannah Oberg or uh, I forget the woman who runs Shreddy, um, Beverly something, she's actually quite good or Sohi Lee or Ben Carpenter, I'm just naming names now. Once you've found someone to verify your technique's really solid, well then you can move on to the free weights area when it's quiet. And the good thing about modern technology is that you can check how many members are in the gym and you can check when the peak times are. So if you know, for example, the peak time in your gym is 6am to 8am in the morning and then 4pm to 7pm at night, you're going to go for one hour three times a week. Well, you either decide to get up super early and go or you go after work around 8pm and then it's a bit quieter and you can get your work done. And the good thing about it is there's always staff members around so if you feel uncomfortable or if you don't quite understand what you're doing, you can approach one of them and start to feel a little bit more confident. But you can start to see the journey that we're building here. And then once you've done that, you know, once you're kind of confident in the free weights area, then you can start to really push yourself because the whole time that you've been doing this, you want to keep it relatively, I don't want to say light, I want to say you want to stay a decent amount away from failure to begin with because you really want to nail that technique. And once you've done that, you can start looking into training like, oh, how much work do I need to do to get a result? Well, as a beginner, you grow from anything. You look at a weight and it's like, oh, my glutes are bigger. As you get a little bit more trained, you have to start pushing a little bit closer to failure. And we designate failure as technical failure, i.e. you're not able to do one more good rep. So if we think of it like a, an RDL, you push your bum back with a flat back, you do eight. And if, if on the ninth one, you're not able to maintain a flat back with a tight core, well, then you reach technical failure. And the reason we say this is because there is an idea that the only training that is valid is training to absolute failure. Training close to it, yes, but we know from the literature and from evidence that five reps away from failure can elicit a response in strength and in muscular hypertrophy, which is the same as muscle tone. It just sounds a little scarier, but we won't be using the word muscle tone except for to laugh at it. 
and it's poor marketing, although it's been very successful. So it's, it's a poor idea marketed well. Once we start to establish what five in the tank looks like, then we can start to build up from there and you can start to build a training program. And the, probably the easiest thing to do is to Google a well-known brand at least and pay for one of their training programs or if you can afford it, paying for a coach only because they can hopefully start to educate you on why you're doing certain movements, when you're doing them, why are we doing four days a week instead of seven? I read that was the best for growing muscle. It's like, who who, who wrote that? No, influencer 7532. Oh, fucking cunt. Ignore them. Here's the literature. Here's what it says. As much as you want to get out of it, because ultimately what you want, what you're going to get out of it is what you put into it. And some people, yes, they respond better to training than others. And the people who can do less and get more, you're a bunch of cunts. But if you're genetically disadvantaged, let's say, like me, then it's just life. And you have to find something you enjoy doing. Because if you're doing something because you want the result as opposed to doing it because you enjoy it, you're always going to fail. Like uh, You'll be able to do it up to a point, but willpower only takes you so far. And trying to get up early four days a week to spend an hour to two hours in the gym training hard is not a fun way to live eight hours of your week. Right, I think that covers that. What, I guess the next and kind of last thing to cover, because I do want to keep this concise, would be the type of advice that my clients gave me when I asked them, what would you say to yourself starting or to someone new? And I just have a couple of them here. I'm just going to pull them up. So one of my clients said, don't be afraid to change and be challenged on your preconceived ideas, which I think is very good. Um, don't go into a session, to a working relationship with a PT and say, oh, but I used to do it like this. Now, that's okay. But the reason you've chose that PT is because you presumably want a result or you want something different. And going in holding on to your preconceived ideas and I've done it a million times and I'm sure I'll do it a million more is a recipe for failure go in with what you know but be willing to change another client said that be ready to change habits and behaviors and I think a lot of people don't do this very well they think that okay if I just turn up to the gym and I just cut out all the shit from my life that I'm going to get the result when junk food or let's call it processed food and not going to the gym weren't the, the issues they were part of it but the reason that you are maybe not happy with where you're at right now is more to do with the fact that you are not performing habits that are in your health's best interest and just because you buy the best program and you buy the best training kit and you pay the best PT in the world the most amount of money you can no one can turn up for you in the days that you're not in the gym with them no one can turn up for you in the times where you can't be bothered only you can do that and ultimately that only comes from a willingness to change and to be changed and to have things challenged and to do things you might not love all the time. Training is not always the most fun thing in the world, but 
if you know the benefit outweighs the cost of doing it, you'll be able to turn up. And of course, that habit builds over time. And really, it is about building a bit of grit, I guess. I just think that it's important that you realise that you're the only person who can action these changes. And of course, depending on the PT and depending on their coaching, they'll be able to kind of stoke that fire. But you're the person that has to start it. And I guess that's probably a good place to end the podcast. Folks, I hope this has been uh, interesting and educational for you. If anyone has any questions, I will pop my socials down below. Uh, Jordan Fleming Fitness, Fleming with one M. And you can get me at J-A-Y, that's J-P-T-Business at gmail.com. Of course, you can reply to the channel, I guess, depending on what you're listening to. If you have questions for the podcast, I'll pop them in the link below. But otherwise, folks, thank you very much for taking the time to listen today. I really appreciate it. Um, Like, share, subscribe, let people know that they don't have to be doing the booty influencer workout just to feel shitty about themselves. They can actually change their lives. And I'll sign off on that. I'm away to have the rest of my coffee. Thank you very much, folks. Take it easy. And yeah, I'll see you soon.